0: Welcome to Clippings, the official podcast of the Council for Nail Disorders, where Drs. April Schachtel and Catherine Stiff take a closer look at articles and clippings published on all things nail disease. Listeners can suggest articles for this podcast or topics of discussion by sending an email to kristen.cnd at
1: gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Clippings Podcast, where we review nail papers and present them to you. I'm April Schachtel, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Catherine Stiff. Hey, April. How are you? I'm good, thanks. My article this month is titled, Hands-On Nail Surgery Workshop Leads to Sustained Improvement in Comfort with Nail Surgery. It is written by our very own Catherine Stiff and her co authors Nat Jelinek and Thomas Knacksted, and it was published in Dermatologic Surgery Journal in December 2021. This article examines the short and long term benefits of hands on education in the form of nail surgery workshops hosted by the American Academy of Dermatology, or AAD. By way of background, many dermatologists are uncomfortable performing nail procedures. This is likely due to many reasons, including a lack of experience, a lack of knowledge of nail anatomy, and the potential for scarring after nail procedures. A prior study by Lee et al. in 2011 reported that over half of graduating dermatology residents had performed 10 or fewer nail procedures during their residency, and 25% of those residents had only ever observed nail procedures, not done them themselves. Unfortunately, this knowledge gap and practice gap can lead to significant delays in diagnosis of both malignant and inflammatory nail unit disorders for our patients. Hands-on workshops like the ones developed by the senior authors of this article and hosted by the AAD Aim to fill this educational gap. The format of the workshop was that attendees were taught by senior faculty in a didactic format, which included videos of each surgery to be performed. Attendees were then assigned to fresh frozen cadaver hands in a two to one attendee to faculty ratio, and they practiced nail procedures with the experienced faculty supervisors. The attendees were surveyed via pre-survey, post-survey, and 60-day follow-up surveys after the 2019 AAD annual and summer meetings. Surveys included self-evaluation of skills, including for anesthesia of the nail unit, the skill of using physical examination to identify the location of the primary pathology within the nail unit, nail avulsion, partial nail avulsion, nail unit punch biopsy, and tangential matrix shave biopsy. 43 attendees participated in the nail workshop, and 100% of them filled out the post-workshop survey, which is an awesome response rate. Most of the attendees had graduated within five years, worked at a dermatology group or academic practice, and practiced primarily medical dermatology. Across all questions, the average pre-workshop score was 2.52, and post-workshop, the average score was 4.47, which was a big increase. It was statistically significant, including being statistically significant for every question individually. Post-workshop scores measured again 60 days later were maintained without significant difference from the immediate post-workshop scores. Most participants did not identify significant barriers to practice change, but those that did were few in number, and the barriers they listed included a lack of experience, cost, lack of appropriate patience, a perceived lack of time, and lack of equipment. In conclusion, this data suggests that hands-on workshops can lead to sustained educational benefits. Catherine, I wanted to ask what findings surprised you the most about this project? Hmm.
0: Well, with the background research, I was somewhat surprised to see the low number of nail procedures that residents are reporting they perform during their residency. But overall, I was happy to see that for the participants who completed the 60-day follow-up survey, the increased comfort with nail surgery was maintained. So this seems really promising for the utility of these workshops and hopefully can fill that gap um, that we're seeing with resident
1: education. I agree. It would be great to get more resident education in residency, but this workshop can be really effective, as this study showed. It was great to see those educational gains continued at 60 days. And future projects, it would be great to also look at the number of nail procedures these dermatologists are performing at different points in time, both before and after the workshop. Although this intervention contained both hands-on and video components, I suspect the in-person interaction and the hands-on instruction was a really big benefit so this is important to keep in mind while many meetings go virtual during the pandemic that this hands-on instruction is really important.
0: I agree. Okay, thanks for that great summary of the article, April. This month, I chose the article Pleomorphic Onychomatricoma, a Mimicker of Malignancy by Christophe Perry and Damien Ambrosetti. e published ahead of print in Acta Venerologica in October 2021. Including this case, there are six reported cases of pleomorphic onychomatricoma. The authors aim to further characterize the clinical, histopathological, and immunohistochemical features of this uh, entity and to propose diagnostic criteria that exclude more aggressive neoplasms. The six patients ranged from ages 29 to 74 years old with a mean of 59 years. Locations included the second or fourth fingers in five cases and the left fifth toe in one case. Three cases presented with even thickening of the nail plate. One had a fuzzy lateral border and one had an irregular lateral edge. Three cases had associated xanthonychia. A frontal view of the free edge of the nail plate and nail clippings showed typical features of onychomatrichoma, a thickened nail plate with multiple small cavities, also known as woodworm-like cavities or pits. One case had a predominant projecting line pattern. Histopathology revealed the fibroepithelial architecture of an onychomatrichoma in all cases, with a polypoid multi-branched shape in five cases, and a pseudocondylomatous shape in one case. The superficial mesenchymal component showed spindle cells with moderate to severe atypia and a high nuclear cytoplasmic ratio, which can be alarming. However, mitoses, apoptosis, and necrosis were notably absent. KI-67 showed the proliferative index was less than 5%. CD34 was diffusely expressed, and CD10 expression was either moderate, with 25 to 50% of neoplastic cells reactive, or restricted to rare perivascular fibroblasts. Treatment ranged from longitudinal excision of the tumor to end block excision of the nail apparatus, and there were no cases of recurrence or metastatic disease. So classic onychomycosis can often be clinically diagnosed by examining the free edge of the nail plate and finding a thickened nail plate with multiple large cavities and a honeycomb-like pattern. However, when the cavities are small, it can be difficult to differentiate from subungual squamous cell carcinoma as these tumors share clinical features of xanthonychia, thickening and overcurvature of the nail plate, longitudinal parallel white lines, and splinter hemorrhages fuzzy or non-parallel lateral edges of the nail are thought to be more indicative of subungual squamous cell carcinoma. And in cases that are difficult to distinguish clinically, the diagnosis can be made by nail clipping or biopsy. It is important to send the avulsed nail plate along with the specimen to better allow the pathologist to distinguish pleomorphic onychomatricoma onichom- pleomorphic from other CD34 fibrous neoplasms such as superficial acral fibromyxoma and pleomorphic fibroma. This is because the keratogenous zone remains adherent to the nail plate, so the matrix differentiation of the epithelial component can be difficult to assess if the nail plate is not sent for pathologic evaluation. The authors thoroughly discussed the histologic differential diagnosis of pleomorphic onychomatricoma and the differentiating features. I would recommend reading this at your leisure. Overall, this article provides a nice summary of pleomorphic onychomatricoma and its distinct features. The authors ultimately propose clinical diagnostic criteria, including free edge thickening of the nail plate with a pitting pattern and an additional feature of a projecting line pattern. The histologic features are characterized by degenerative nuclear atypia, but with a superficial location of the atypical cells, KI-67 proliferation rate less than 5%, Absence of mitotic figures or necrosis, and a distinct immunophenotypic profile restricted to the diffuse expression of CD34 with focal or negative CD10 expression. And simple local excision seems to be sufficient to avoid
1: recurrences. Thank you, Catherine, for teaching us about this rare entity. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Clippings. I want to thank our listeners for their attention. To all our listeners, please share this podcast with your colleagues and trainees. Let us know how we are doing and which articles you would like us to review on the show by contacting kristen.cnd at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at Nail Disorders.